All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kinetic Impressions, a podcast with I'm Arnie, he's Andy, and we talk about films because we love movies, we love storytelling, and we hope and we uh, pray that you like movies as well. Uh, today we'll be discussing Glorious Bastards. Drew, please say hi to the people. Beautiful, fine, perfect, perfect. No, no, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. This is how we do it. We were just winging it. Um, we're just fucking doing this thing, man. Um, so, Inglorious Bastards. I don't remember the number of film it is, but it is a Quentin Tarantino flick joint. Awesome movie. Uh, I remember watching this movie back in the Dizzy. I think I watched it with you at some point in the theater. I don't remember when, but I remember watching it then and believing that it was a true masterpiece and the best Quentin Tarantino movie that I had seen to that point. The breakdown of Inglorious Bastards is it is a World War II pick that takes t that takes place uh, that actually is a, an ensemble story that takes place uh, during the heat of World War II in Germany, uh, basically all of Europe, right? All of Europe is there. You've got the Bastards, which is headed up by Brad Pitt. Um, you've got Shoshana, which uh, is kind of like uh, you know, um, I think I said earlier, um, I think she's got like, the heart of the movie. And then you've got the villain, which is Hans Landa and the Nazis. Um, yep. One of the best movies that I've seen in a while. Um, uh, Drew, can I ask, wh what overall do you think about this movie? Um, I, think, I think you, uh, just to start with, like, I think you introduced me to a lot of Tarantino or the love of Tarantino. Like, I'd watched his films. But I don't, I don't know if I appreciated them until uh, we started watching them, maybe uh, back in 09, you know, back early 2000s kind of. For sure. Thing. Yeah. And um, man, I, I have to tell you, you know, like you have to love the works of art of what came prior to this, which was Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Absolutely. It's important I mean, to state that. It's, it's beautiful. The legacy of but, work that Quentin Tarantino has is amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yes. and, and, and after. And after is great, too. But um, when, when you know, we read a couple articles that say, you know, critics say it's his best movie, I, I kind of have to agree. Inglorious might be his best film. It and might it is, be. He also says that, it, that, that at the time, he thought of it as his own masterpiece as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. According uh, to one of those articles, it's a one by the art, by, and I'll link it definitely in the description of this podcast. Um, the, there's a Guardian article about the movie um, that kind of goes into detail about the story yeah. uh, and how it actually is, the, like the, the story beats, it is a, you know, kind of cinema verite um, absurdist history, right? Because spoiler alert, and we will talk about spoilers, it does not follow the regular timeline of World War II. It completely changes the ending of World War II into a beautiful, beautiful, just like the last, like this is such a perfect movie that even the ending, the ending is a glorious, beautiful ending. And uh, Quentin Tarantino completely shifts it so that movies actually end World War II, right? It's the master stroke at the end that and then to me as a like cinema nerd at the time was yeah. just loving all of it i was like yes quentin i because we know that quentin tarantino himself is a film nerd he's a film buff um but yeah like that 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 alone makes it like the the, the landing that this movie sticks is just incredible um and i um 
I forget what I, I, I totally lost my train of thought. I forget what we're talking about, but it has um, like that Fahrenheit 451 kind of type feeling, right? Where yes, who cares about like the history of, of burning all these films? Like, we're oh, going, yeah, we're going to like make sure the future is there for us, kind of yeah. like that thing. Like, it brings all those like those feelings. Sorry, I was, I was trying to let you get back, get back your train of thought. No, for sure, man. It's all good, but um, I think uh. The, the biggest part of like, and then also I think we should also talk about the directing. Like we talking about the fact that Quinn Tarantino has a legacy, right? And in that article, yeah, uh, they, they actually pinpoint to the fact that they believe that this is his perfect movie in that it's the culmination of all the work that he has done from before. Um, and he bringing all of those skills into this movie. Um, and he worked really tirelessly on this thing. He worked for like 10 years. It originally was actually like a novel that he wrote. And then when he brought it down into script form, he realized that it was actually not a movie. It was like a miniseries, like a 10-part miniseries, completely broken out. And then that's when he like deconstructed it and brought it down into its most basic parts. Right. And it's not even the same story. Right. Which is kind of what like it's funny, like when you talk about like a novelization of a movie uh, of a book. Right. And how much you have to change and shift to make it into just like an hour and a half long type thing. It's it's fucking hilarious. Like he actually like novelized himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. And to know that, like, it could have been the the sort of like band of brothers, Nazi yeah. Germany edition. Like, like, I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see a band of brothers, fucking Quentin Tarantino style. Um, but like that, uh, that that is that like, that shows you how much fucking raw work he put into it. The yep. fact that he, like he literally had a novel and a book, and he knew he could, he knew he couldn't film it. Um, but just how dialed, like this was him dialed in, like just focused, pinpointed, right? Um, so uh, the one thing I want to talk about um, on my end, when 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 I think about what I believe was probably the most uh, like important aspect, or, like important part of the movie, or like what I thought was the best part or like the thing that I got out of this movie that showed me was like, like the most original aspect, but also like what I thought was, was the most important piece of this movie. And that was Hans Landa, just Christoph Watts performance as Hans Landa uh, was, I mean, it was both like subtle, but fucking charming and evil uh, <laughs> and nonchalant. It was just like a perfect amalgamation um, of like charming and evil that just like fucking bled off the screen. Um, but also is like the, he's the true through line through which the movie happens, right? Because this is, you know, just very much like a Quentin Tarantino film. The storytelling aspect is not linear, right? It takes dives and diversions and, um, takes place in the same country same time but not exactly in the same moments right but you know from the very beginning you have hans landa's character entering right and then that first fucking scene the first scene in the cottage which is really where like this movie gets its like western 
Western influences, like the cottage in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he enters in into this, like, just like, like, and the, the scene is so simple. I mean, it's literally just this guy sitting down in a the kitchen. They have milk. It's just, but there's just like this air of sinister tension that is built with inside of it. And it is all wrapped up in the performances. Um, and one of the interviews that uh, we researched for this, uh, there was a, an interview with Christoph Watts, and he detailed the fact that he actually didn't uh, rehearse with any of the other cast members. Quentin wouldn't let him. Right. He was like, no, 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 no. You're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to come. Like he didn't even tell him at first that he was going to do that. Like eventually he just kind of figured, okay, I'm just not going to rehearse. And like, it wasn't until they got on set that Hans Christoph Waltz was able to actually interact with the other actors. And I think you could feel that. And I think that's where like fucking uh, Quentin's directing just pops off with Christoph Waltz's performance um, to give this like, really fucking great like undertone feeling that the fucking movies really give you like movies give you like that's what's great about movies is that it gives you an emotion just built off and it almost like seeps through the screen doesn't it like it seeps through the movie screen of that like that tension that he brings because like no matter what you know you can you can play along with the words that you're hearing and stuff like that and like, you know, if you're rehearsing with somebody else all day or something, like you're just getting somebody to read those lines, those lines are strong. You know, yeah. it's not like, I'm not saying like, you know, if somebody else read those lines, it would still be a strong movie. Will it, would it be the award-winning that I think it became? Uh, hell no, not no. without, hell no. But no. with him, everybody has to like, he's, it's Michael Jordan entering the arena. Like when he gets in there, dude, Yeah, you got to shape up and you just hear it in people's voices. Like every time he talks, just yeah. like, I got to prepare what I'm saying. I got, and, 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 and you have to have that, like that, that <laughs> it's kind of funny. The potential energy yeah. has to become fully kinetic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You feel it. Yeah, man, because like you have to charge up to talk after Christoph Waltz. You have to charge up yes. to make sure that your words mean something because everything, every like huff or breath out of him has meaning to it. I mean, yes. when you, you have to listen to it, yeah. as the characters have, they have to listen to every single thing he says because yep. you got to be on your game gotta be on your game when you talk I just remember the, the beginning the opening scene when he takes out his big ass pipe after this yeah. guy <laughs> it's spoken out of this ghetto ass like uh, corn like you know corn husk tiny ass pipe yeah and then he pulls out his fucking like it looks like a fucking horn <laughs> it's so big <laughs> he just pulls it out like where was that even in his jacket like, <laughs> people but, just like, carried pipes back then apparently willy nilly yeah, yeah, no, but it, it was, uh, I remember, like, for how serious that scene is to get such a big first night audience laugh. It was. Yeah. Absolutely, it, yeah. That's how crazy of a movie it was, I think. It was It was so good. It plays like a play. Like, yeah. And that's a lot of what of Quentin's movies have been in the last couple, ten years. I mean, maybe they've always been very play-like, right? They're always kind of ensemble pieces that are masked 
You know, there's always like one or two characters that are the main characters. This is the first time his movie has really been truly like, there really isn't a main character, but there really fucking is a villain. Yeah. Maybe Hans is the main character. Right? You know what I mean? Um, is there anything else about this movie that you, you think um, is important to talk about? Or like, it's like the one thing that if somebody asked you about this movie and you'd be like, yo, this one thing was like, you know, um, it's got me. You know, like the, uh, there's, there's a couple of, I mean, there's where to start, you know what I mean? But I love, I love the presence that Shoshana brings to it. Like when oh, you God. say she's the heart of the film, yes. you're, you're, you're damn right, man. Because she, she kind of brings that story to come back full circle. And she, it could have easily just been like coincidental. Yeah. It could have been just like kind of a uh, crash esque where it was just a small cog, you know, like crash at like had so many of those stories coming together. Absolutely. You could have just had one little the story, but how they built it and they built it so well um, for Shoshana to come back and kind of like be the reason for Hitler's death. Yeah. Is amazing. Like, absolutely great. Like, and I love, I loved her. Uh, I love the way, I mean, you know, spoiler obviously, but I love the way she dies. I love, oh God, God, I love the love. The love God in it is just enough. You know what I mean? It's just enough to like, you, you didn't really have to oversaturate it. You didn't have to create a love story there. It felt like 30 seconds of love story cr- was created and you still felt it. You know what I mean? When, yeah. when, when her, like her man dies for her. Um, it no, like in that, that was probably one of the most beautifully directed scenes i'd ever seen she's she's in the cinema box she's got the red dress on and then the fucking her i forget what's what's the guy's name um uh the 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 soldier who was the movie uh he's the yes. one that killed all the people in the the gun tower it's uh played by uh his, his name is uh david Boyle. david Boyle. uh daniel Brule. Daniel Brühl. Yeah, Daniel Brühl, right? Um, and he's just trying to... Frederick woo- Zola. Yeah, Frederick Zola. Uh, and he's just trying his damnedest to woo her. And then he gets a little handsy. Because he's a superstar. And you know, yeah. Yeah. Me Too Movement hasn't happened in 2009. No, maybe <laughs> he not. He's a star and he can just like touch whoever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And honestly, for the time period, I think he was being probably really nice. <laughs> That's horrible. I'm sorry I said that. Um, so, like, but also, like, the moment where she just, like, has that moment of, like, oh, fuck, I just killed him. At the one moment in the entire movie where she has a shred of mercy for this guy is after she already thinks she's killed him. And in that one moment, he goes over to look at this Nazi I don't know why, what she, you don't know what she's trying to do. Is she, if he's okay. And he, she bends over, moves two seconds. And then he just like lifts up and shoots her three times. And then the roses, are there roses in the room? I don't know. There's just roses come on the screen, her red dress. It's like 60 yeah. frames per second. 
it's just like she's the only like red thing in the entire blankness room. Um, she goes down and then dust starts the ending of this movie. The ending, the the, the just beautiful like cachet of domino effect of just light and magic that just comes on your screen, dude. Like it is just beautiful. It is a beautiful. And the Nazis burn down, dude. Nazis die hard <laughs> in this movie, and it is beautiful. Um, I that that uh, I just that just hit me real good when I saw that for the first time. You know, I'm like, yeah, she is the heart of the movie, and I totally agree with that. Yeah, well, I, 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 I remember that important. domino effect because, like, that's when, like, that's when, like, just because Eli Roth is gonna die in that theater. He's not going to die, not a hero. Like, how many heroes are in this movie right. during that scene? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Something to get this. For yeah, sure, dude. Rain oh. fire on the, they get a rain, you know, a fire of these bullets right on the, on the crowd. Yeah. Just kill all these Nazis. I mean, like, I know. You realize very quickly that the bastards are like, oh, y'all don't, y'all, y'all are just going to die. Y'all are just going to fucking die for the cause. Yeah. Hell yeah. They were just going to go for it. Yeah, like, but like they weren't gonna go down. They were gonna go down swinging, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Like, they weren't just gonna like, okay, we can all die from fire. No, no, no. We're all gonna, we're all. I'm gonna like shoot every motherfucker I can. Yeah. This. You're just gonna fire, and we're gonna and obliterate. Gonna go. Yeah. We're gonna and shoot a thousand bullets into Hitler. We're gonna shoot a thousand bullets into Hitler while there's a bomb on my ankle. And then the fire can help. You know, the fire can just help with the dead bodies. I do. I love the convergence that happens, the convergence of all the stories, and it's the bastard story converting with Shoshana's story, and both stories end with both of them plotting to kill the Nazis. Yep. I just, I love, I love, like, in the moment that we're living in a good just Nazis being killed thing. It's always it's always nice. Yeah, it's a good uh, thing to revel in. It's a PG thirteen thing to revel in. You know, it's a it's a wonderful thing. Um, there's so many iconic moments. I mean, we we obviously have the um, the one that like I'm not even going to get too into, but I just want to mention is like the three. Yeah. Yes, I was thinking that exact same thing. I was thinking that exact same thing in that moment. I was like, yes, the, the, it has to have honorable the, mention. In like, we can't spend an hours talking about it, but like, f man, that movie was. That scene is just so, such a yes. good. It's actually one of the cleanest Tarantino scenes, but it's very much like a Tarantino like practice. It's a practice rehearsal, like yeah, it's a rehearsal for every Tarantino movie ever. Hundred percent, dude. Just because you and I have done plays, we both can feel that energy. We can feel yeah. like the practice of that scene. It's all just tension, tension, and guns everywhere. And like, who's gonna shoot? Who's gonna shoot? And bloodbath. Yeah. But like, that is still, I would give like of all his scenes, like that was still a Tarantino six. Like he wasn't even trying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He, he was just like the basement yeah. scene. Yes, the basement. I had to scene. like cut that scene. You know, like I was thinking I had to cut that scene, but I brought it back. <laughs> I brought for it sure. back. You know? For sure. For sure. Like all his scenes are always like that. You know, Reservoir, Pulp. Glorious. Gotta kill Bill had some of the best, best, best yeah. scenes, man. And think- at the end of Hollywood, I mean, you know, like all, all of them. But um, another thing that, since we had to honorable mention that, I, 
I love the, I would say comedic relief that Aldo Reigns plays in this movie. Yeah. But it's, right. I, I, it's not really comedic relief. It's, it's, um, it's just helpful. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. I, and, and you, you know, that's another, that's another point we should get into. He uh, brings high energy to Christoph Waltz's dark energy. Yes. Yes. And it's nonchalant. And it's, yep. it, he's like the Indiana Jones, right? To Hans Landa's like, just, just like, like genre bending, like Sith Lord, Palpatine, yep. villainous, you know, just chewy, chewy, chewing scenery, right? And you, you, you need that Indiana Jones, like, Han Solo, like, oh, I don't yeah, give a, really. I don't like, just like, whatever you gunslinging, laugh, laugh, ha Gunslinging rodeo kind of type. Yeah. Like whatever you, you loud a-hole. I love it. <laughs> Sit in your corner kind of energy that kind of balances out that, that evil genre stuff. Um, I did, dude, the bastards are perfect. The bastards are like perfectly casted. They're supposed to be Jewish. They look Jewish as hell. I don't know if that's, a bad thing to say. I don't. I'm just gonna say it. they look Jewish as hell. Um, Brad Pitt don't really look Jewish, but he's a Apache. He's supposed to be from Indian descent, you know. Which, you know, yeah, fuck yeah, get in there. Sure. Stealing, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, uh, at this point, like what Pocahontas was being played by like a white woman. So like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I love that. I love. I love. I love the energy that that brings to the whole film. The comedic energy that the bastards bring in because they are the comedy, right? Like yeah. you can, all the moments are fucking like at the moment. The funniest moment is when like they're going in to find a German soldier who was like arrested for fucking murdering Nazi Other- officers, yeah. <laughs> and then, like they all show up to the jail, and this guy's like sitting in the corner. Apparently, he speaks English, and then Aldo Rain pops in and says, "Hey, want to tell you." We really like your work. <laughs> you want to see if you want to go I got an eye for talent. I got an yeah. eye for talent. Yeah. You should just splice <laughs> in the scene. You should splice in the scene. He does it better than either of us, right? <laughs> he was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Fuck yeah. Um, uh, like, and, will, oh, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, we will splice in the scene, but the part where he's like, you want to take that amateur status to professional? Like, yeah. <laughs> professional. And I'm like, oh, man. That's, or like, you know, come up to the big leagues. I was like, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's another point about this movie that I think it's a good point to kind of like get closer to the conclusion here. Um, it, it's, it, it plays, it's, I think the, the article from The Guardian kind of uh, illustrates. This movie, it doesn't exactly play like a drama. It plays like a comedy. Because of the slapstick nature of the characters. The characters are genre-y characters, right? No, for sure. I mean, like, just because we were just talking about the scene, but, like, even the the Eli Roth moment. Yeah. It's dark. Yeah, it's clanky. It's very cynical. Like, you're just like, man, this guy's going to be just as evil as Christoph Waltz. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're introducing him. You know, it's like, you heard him, right? Yeah. Comes out. He comes out with the bat. And then it's this kid from when he finishes, it's this kid from Brooklyn. Yeah. And he's just like, it's out of the park. You know, like, oh, yeah, Kappa. His high voice comes out. Yeah. Like, you're just like not even expecting that. He's like, he's animating baseball, and I love it. It's just like, it's just such a, it's such a like, 
two from Brooklyn wartime thing. Like, I don't know, man. It just, it felt so, it really did feel like original for some reason. Yeah. Because of how he was. Like, it was, yeah. yeah. Well, the Nazi. It was I that re- perfect, paper. like, comic relief. The yep. perfect comic relief that you needed in that real tense moment. And that's like the fuck, that's one of the other things this movie does. You know, it, it does so much. It like, dude, it, it, it like this is, it, I mean, it is kind of a perfect movie. The story, like, look, it's, it's definitely, it is an auteur film, right? That doesn't have a completely straight storyline, but its story is like apparent. It's clear. It doesn't try too hard. It's an effortlessly told, the characters are wonderful, slightly heightened. The the entire thing is satisfying as hell. And that's like a, a real fucking good Tarantino movie does. Like when everything is all said and done, the protagonists get their revenge. And it yeah. feels really good, right? It, it, it was just, it was star-studded. And it like really wasn't meant to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it was meant to have two big names to me or like, you know, one big name that was Brad Pitt was the biggest name. Yeah. But these guys were relatively, I think Christoph Waltz had only done German films before, prior to this. Um, Eli Roth was known, but like he wasn't, he wasn't superstar status. Michael Fassbender was not known yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he, 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 no, hadn't had he came book. from this movie. People came. Right. From this movie, Christoph Waltz came from this movie. Daniel Brühl came from this. Daniel Brühl came from this movie. Uh, I mean, like B.J. Novak got a part in this, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like wh- he got lucky to get it. Yeah, this. yeah, hundred percent. There's and then so yeah, he was one of the Jews. Yeah, right? yeah. The, a bunch of those guys were like uh, like kids, uh, kid actors that we were just like, "Oh, that guy's from that another teen movie." I got he got something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the cast was absolutely one. Like this was like everything coming together. Even uh, Stiglitz, the guy that you were talking about, Hugo like, Stiglitz. He's yeah. still like just in German films. Like he, yeah, he doesn't do much American stuff. And like for sure, he got like I, it was just it was being true to authentic. Like he, they were being as authentic as possible. Yeah, and, uh, and I, I'm glad for it because yeah. a lot of these people were actual German actors that he that he recruited. That's and how they found they'll just do foreign films. That's how they found Christoph Waltz. They want he right. and that and that was the other thing that 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 in an interview one of the videos that we have he like Quentin Trentino said like he was afraid he wasn't finding his Hans Landa and he was he was like if I don't find him I'm going to actually not make the movie and just publish the script. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he just really like, needed it and that 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 goes to show you that like Quinn was just like on his ball. He wrote this thing for ten years. He was adamant about getting the right actors for the right parts, and this I, thing was it was like regional and it had actual actors from the region. And he actually like tried his damnedest to find an actor that could speak French, English, German, and Italian, and he found him and made him I, into a star. And I want to know what I just. I don't know if it's an audition or a movie or a show. I, I want to know what he saw that clicked. Yeah. To get Christoph Waltz in it. Just because like, I just love to see that inspiration, you know? Absolutely, man. Uh, All right. Yeah. This is fantastic, man. Uh, please watch this movie. It's literally available everywhere, man. Inglorious Bastards is fantastic. Please, if you are a film buff of any kind, 
watch this movie. I know some of you guys are young and that was like too long for you. Man, I feel like I'm getting old. This movie was 10 years ago, dude. Shit. Um, please watch this movie. It's fantastic. And also it's Nazi killing fun, right? Um, yeah. This was like zombies before zombies were a thing. 100%. 100%. man. Um, I think uh, I think we're just going to close it out there. Yep. Call it a night. Um, there it is. My light just went out. <laughs> What's the name of this thing? Uh, this thing is called Kinetic. Thank you for watching Kinetic Impressions. Yep. Next time we're doing the whole thing in the dark. <laughs> the whole thing in the dark. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs> Dunno. Dunno, one out.